Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to be together on this Lord's Day. Worship our God in spirit and in truth. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I want to encourage you and appeal to you to please take it out and go over to a book that we recently completed in our Bible reading, the book of Acts this morning. I want to ask you to go over to Acts, the 23rd chapter, please. I want to begin by reading some verses from Acts 23, at least once a month. I've been trying to do a lesson that's particularly targeted at our young folks and encouraging them in the faith. And I want to do that with this lesson at this time this morning. And I want to begin with Acts 23, beginning with verse number 12. I want these verses to really set the scene for everything we're going to talk about over the next few minutes. Acts 23, and verse 12, the scripture says, When it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who formed this plot. They came to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a solemn oath to taste nothing until we've killed Paul. Now, therefore, you and the council notify the commander to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case by a more thorough investigation. And we on our part are ready to slay him before he comes near the place. But the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush. And he came and entered the barracks and he told Paul, Paul called one of the centurions and said, lead this young man to the commander, for he has something to report to him. So he took him and led him to the commander and said, Paul the prisoner called me to him and asked me to lead this young man to you since he has something to tell you. The commander took him by the hand and stepping aside began to inquire of him privately, what is it that you have to report to me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down tomorrow to the council as though they were going to inquire something more thoroughly about him. So do not listen to them. For more than 40 of them are lying wait for him who have bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they slay him. And now they are ready and waiting for the promise from you. So the commander let the young man go, instructing him, tell no one that you've notified me of these things. You know, one of the things that the Bible is loaded with is it is loaded with numerous examples of young people, children, teenagers who made a significant impact in the service of God. If you recall, David, from the time he was a young person, made a significant impact in the service of God. The same can also be said of people like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Joseph, and Josiah, and Mary, the Lord's mother, and even this young man that we read about here in these verses. Going back to these verses that we just read together, I want you to notice carefully how in the context, the context has to do with the arrest of the Apostle Paul in the city of Jerusalem due to false accusations by the Jews. If you remember from your Bible reading, the Romans arrested 
the Apostle Paul in the city of Jerusalem at the insistence of the Jews. Remember, the Jews in this region did not like the Apostle Paul because in their minds, he was being too successful in the cause of the gospel. He was converting too many people to Jesus Christ. He was threatening their power and, and their influence among the people, and, and they wanted to do away with him. They wanted him completely out of the picture. They wanted to, to kill him. They, they wanted to take his life. In fact, here in these verses we just read, we see that that is exactly what some of them plot to do. I want you to notice carefully how these people are so determined to get rid of Paul that they actually put themselves under a vow. More than 40 of these Jews come together and make a promise a serious promise to not eat or drink anything until Paul is dead. They make a promise to not eat or drink anything until Paul is completely out of the picture. That's how much they hate him. That's how much they despise him. That is how committed they are to ending his life. In fact, notice carefully the specific plan that they come up with to get rid of Paul. Notice how according to what we find in verse number 15, the scripture says the plan these people have to get rid of Paul involves an ambush. They're going to ambush Paul. They're going to try to assassinate him as he makes his way to appear before the Jewish council. That is what Luke tells us. Their specific plan was, but you and I both know that they were not able to to successfully execute that plan, right? You and I both know that they were not able to successfully carry out their plans. We know that because what do we find Paul doing at the end of the book of Acts? Well, if you did your Bible reading, then you know that at the end of the book of Acts, we find Paul preaching the gospel in the city of Rome. He's not in Jerusalem at the end of Acts. He's in Rome under house arrest, preaching the gospel to the Jews of all people. Paul's in the city of Rome at the end of the book of Acts. He's preaching the word of God. He's helping people go to heaven. He's helping people know Jesus. The question is, how was he still able to do that? How was his life saved on this occasion? How was he able to avoid being murdered by these, these enemies of the gospel? Well, I submit to you that it wasn't because of divine intervention. It wasn't because some lawyer or some government official came to his aid. Instead, the scripture says that Paul was saved on this occasion because of an unlikely hero. Because of a young person. Because of a young man that we don't even know his name. You see, brothers and sisters, we don't know the name of this young, unlikely hero that is mentioned here in Acts chapter 23. But if you don't mind for a few minutes, I want to tell you about some things that we do know about it. 
first, I want us to understand that while we may not know the name of this unlikely hero, one of the things that we do know about him is we do know that he was related to Paul. He was related to the Apostle Paul. In fact, this is the only physical family member of the Apostle Paul that we can actually read about in the Bible. Acts 23 verse 16 tells us that this young man was the son of Paul's sister. That would mean that he technically was Paul's nephew. Paul was his uncle and while we do not know his exact age, while the scripture only tells us that he was young, that means he could have been 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe even a teenager. While we do not know the exact age of this young man, what we do know is that he learned some very valuable information about Paul. He actually learned about this assassination plot. He actually overheard these enemies planning to ambush and kill the Apostle Paul. He learned us some very valuable information concerning Paul, but not only did he learn of this information, the Bible also says that he did something with the information. He also had the courage to share the information, particularly he had the courage to share this with his uncle Paul. He went to Paul and he told him about what was going on. He didn't care about being labeled a quote unquote snitch. He didn't care about the consequences of his own life. If these enemies had learned that he knew of this evil plot, no, during this moment, at this time, this young man only cared about saving somebody's life. He only cared about saving Paul's life. He was determined to do what was right no matter the consequences. He learned of some bad information concerning the apostle Paul, and he told Paul. He told his uncle, but not only did he tell his uncle, if you remember going back to the text, the Bible also says that he went and he told this information to the Roman government official who was in charge of the prison that Paul was staying in. He went with this information to the right people who had the authority to do something about this situation. He went to Paul and he also went to the, to the Roman authorities and because of that, the great apostle Paul's life was saved. Because of this young man's actions, the Apostle Paul was able to keep living. And he was able to eventually make it to the city of Rome and he was able to preach the gospel to the Jews and the Gentiles and continue helping hundreds and hundreds of people to go to heaven. Because of this man's, this young man's actions, Paul was able to one day write the book of Philippians, the book we're reading right now. And he was able to write Colossians, and he was able to write Ephesians and Philemon and 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and the book of Titus. 
You see, we got to understand something, my dear friends. We got to understand that if this young man didn't have the courage to step up and do what was right, we wouldn't have a book of Philippians to read this week. We wouldn't have Colossians. We wouldn't have 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus. We wouldn't have the events described for us in Acts 24 through 28. This young man is responsible for saving Paul's life. If he didn't step up and do what was right, Paul wouldn't have made it to Rome and said he would have died right there in Jerusalem. He would have been assassinated in Jerusalem. That's how important this young man's actions were. That's why the Holy Spirit mentions this here in the Bible. The Holy Spirit mentions this young man's actions in the Bible because he wants us to understand that his actions in this very dangerous and difficult moment, they are an important part of human history. They are an important part of Bible history. They are an important part to the story of the Apostle Paul. This was an unlikely hero. And before we close this lesson, I want to share with you three very practical lessons that I think we really need to appreciate about his actions. First, I want us to really appreciate that this young man was a hero, a real hero, because he did what was right despite his youth. He did what was right despite his youth. And the reason why I use that language despite his youth is because, unfortunately, brothers and sisters, the fact of the matter is that is exactly how we view, so often view our young people. Unfortunately, so often when it comes to our young people, for many people, even for many people in the church, they place such, such low expectations on them. They say things like, well, because they're young and immature and they don't have that much experience, well, we really can't expect them to control their hormones. We really can't expect them to remain sexually pure until they get married. We really can't expect them to overcome peer pressure. We really can't expect them to make a huge impact in the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul warned Timothy about this very mentality. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 12, in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12, Paul told Timothy, let no one look down on your youthfulness. But rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Notice how Paul told Timothy, and keep in mind that when Paul wrote Timothy at this time, most scholars believe that Timothy was not a teenager. He wasn't even in his 20s. Instead, he was about my age. He was about in his early or mid-30s. You see, compared to the Apostle Paul, Timothy was a, a young person. He was a young man. And Paul told Timothy, let no one look down on your youthfulness. Question, why in the world would Paul tell him that? Why in the world would Paul tell 
this 30-year-old somewhat preacher, let no one look down on your youthfulness. Well, I submit to you that the reason why Paul told Timothy, let no one look down on your youthfulness is because he knew that it is exactly what some people would, would do. He knew that when it came to some people, even some people in the church, they would easily dismiss Timothy because he was young. They would look down on him because of his youth. They would have low expectations for him because of his age. Paul told Timothy, you can't do anything about your age. But don't let no one look down on you for your youth. Instead, rise above their low expectations. Give them more than what they think they're going to get. Don't go down to the low bar they have for you. Instead, be better. Be an exemplary model when it comes to how you talk. And how you conduct yourself on a daily basis and on how you treat other people, how you love other people and how you maintain and keep your sexual purity. Paul told Timothy. But just because you're young. That doesn't mean you can't make it a significant impact in the kingdom. That doesn't mean you can't help people. That doesn't mean you can't impact people's lives. That's what, what Paul told Timothy, and we see that being played out in a very practical way when we study the story of Paul's nephew, right? You see, while we don't know the name of Paul's nephew, and while we don't know his exact age, we do know that even though he was young, he did what was right. We do know that even though he was young, when he received very critical and urgent information, he shared it with the right people. We do know that even though he was young, he was somebody that Paul could literally trust with his life. This young man made a significant impact in the kingdom of God. And for all our young folks here this morning, I want you to know that you can do the same thing. I want you to know that while you may just be nine or, or 10, 11, or 12, or, or a teenager, God has high expectations of you. Jesus has high expectations. For you, despite your youth, despite your lack of, of life experience, the Lord still expects you to always do what is right. He expects you to, to always do what is right when you are alone with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend. He expects you to always do what is right when someone passes a bottle of beer in front of you. He expects you to always do what is right when someone tries to pressure you to allow them to cheat off your homework or your test. This young man here, Paul's nephew, did what was right despite his youth. And then secondly, he also did what was right despite being in danger. 
despite having his life on the line. Despite facing the threat of being killed, if one of these enemies of Paul found out that that he knew of their evil plot. You see, unfortunately, we're currently living in a time where for many people that they glorify folks who who withhold important and evil information. Have you noticed that? I'm reminded of a song that was released several years ago by a rapper by the name of Lil Wayne. The song was called Snitch. Snitch was a popular song that came out several years ago and it caught a lot of people's attention in the mainstream media because it glorified people who withheld evil information. It was a song that suggested that you that if you were a snitch, if you were someone who told police, the authorities about drug deals or robberies or rape or murder, you should be punished. You should be killed. Your life should be taken because you are a snitch. That is the message that this song promoted that came out several years ago. And I want to say with every fiber of my being that the message of that song is wrong. It is sinful. It is ungodly. It does not line up with the teachings of Jesus Christ. You see, regardless of what little Wayne or any other celebrity says, there are some things, young people, that you can't keep secret. There are some things that you can't keep hidden. There are some things that you must tell. If you know of somebody in danger or in a position where they are about to destroy their lives, you got to tell that information. You got to reveal that information. You got to make sure that you never, ever, ever keep that information hidden. You can't keep hidden when you have a friend or a sibling that you know of who's about to destroy their lives with drugs or alcohol. You can't keep hidden when you become aware of criminal activities being planned. You can't keep hidden when you become aware of somebody who's about to seriously harm themselves physically or even about to commit suicide. It doesn't matter if somebody calls you a snitch. It doesn't matter if people threaten to no longer be your friend. It doesn't even matter if you're going to get somebody in trouble when you have valuable information that you know, well, it's designed to, to hurt somebody, that you know somebody's about to hurt themselves, about to destroy their lives. You got to tell that information. You got to reveal it. You got to follow in the footsteps of Paul's nephew. Paul's nephew did what was right despite his youth. He did what was right despite being in danger. But then third and finally, I want to leave you with this. He also did what was right despite being all alone. Despite being all by himself. Remember, more than 40 men, more than 40 people were determined to kill Paul. 
Remember, the Jewish council was against Paul. Remember the Romans, the Gentiles, they couldn't care less about Paul. I mean, outside of this young man, there was really nobody else in a position to save Paul's life. He was totally, this young man was totally outnumbered in this life or death situation. And yet, despite that, he still had the courage to do what was right. He wasn't crippled by fear when it came to the other 40 assassins. He wasn't intimidated by the, the Roman men who were in high positions of authority. He wasn't even deterred by the Sanhedrin council. He was a young man who did what was right, even though it wasn't popular. And even if it meant he had to do it all by himself, the question is, what about you? What about you? Are you willing to stand all alone today and do what is right? Are you willing to stand alone and say no when one of your friends passes you a bottle of beer? You willing to stand alone and do what is right when your boyfriend or your girlfriend tries to pressure you to have sex? You want to stand alone all by yourself when anybody tries to pressure you to do anything that you know is contrary to the will of God? Are you willing to do what's right even if people laugh at you and call you names and say you're too uptight or, or you're just too religious? Paul's nephew was willing to do that. He may not have taken down a, a giant like Goliath, like David did. And he may not have miraculously survived being thrown into a fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but he still was a young man who, who was a hero. He was a hero because he had valuable information, and he shared that information with the right people, and the result of that, as Paul's life was saved. He did what was right despite being all alone, and we got to be just like him. In fact, I want to close this lesson by suggesting that when we go out into the world and seek to do right all by ourselves, the fact of the matter is, is we're really not all by ourselves. We're not really alone. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 28 and verse 20? Remember, Jesus, before he went to heaven, said, And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Notice how the last thing that Jesus wants us to understand before he ascended to heaven is that he's always with us. We're never really alone in this life. The Lord is always by our side. And if the Lord is always by our side, guess what? We got everything we need. The Lord's always with his people. And this morning, if you're someone who's not part of the family of God, if you're not a child of God, you have an opportunity to commit your life to him as we sing an invitation song. If that means you need to respond to the gospel for the first time through faith and repentance and baptism, or if you are a child of God who has wandered away, who needs to come back home, whatever your spiritual need may be, it will be our pleasure to help you with that right here and right now as we stand and we sing.